Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. My name is Susan Goodson and I'm your host of Our Stories Matter. I am the mother of three children who struggled with, with addiction and our topic today is about the addict's perspective. My guest is my daughter, Katie. Hey, Katie. Hi. Okay, I asked Katie to join us today to help all the moms out there learn a bit more about the addict, how, how the addict thinks and functions. So I'm so glad you could be here today, Katie. Are you ready for some questions? I sure am. Okay, so let's jump in. So the first question is, how old were you when you first started using drugs? And was there something going on in your life that caused you to start experimenting? Um, I can't remember the exact age I was when I first started using drugs. I can say that I started smoking cigarettes when I was 12. Um, okay. I don't know a particular event that caused me to do that. I was just hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um, I did... Um, I was raped when I was 14 years old, and I think that led me down a darker path than when I started. Um, So I was pretty young when all of it uh, transpired. And you never told, you didn't tell me that until you were much older. I think I was in my, probably close to 25 when I finally came out and told anybody. Yeah, that was a lot to carry. Um, Oh, yeah. When... When did you know that you might be an addict? Um, I kind of knew I was an addict because I always wanted more, but I refused to admit that I was an alcoholic. Um, so I knew that if I used drugs all the time that I I was an addict, but I didn't I didn't allow myself to believe that I was an alcoholic because all the men in my family were alcoholics. And the women weren't, so I was one of the women, so I couldn't have been. But um, Mm. it really wasn't that until I moved to Washington. And what happened when you, so was was that when you moved with the girls? Yes. Okay, so I'll I'll do a quick backstory. Um, Katie's husband at the time threw her out of the house. And she brought her children over to our house where Joe and I were. And Joe and I decided that we were going to let, let Katie live there for six months while she continued to work and save money. And we would help with the girls. Who, how old were they? One and three? Um, I think they four? were two and four at that point. Okay. And okay. then that was Friday. And on Sunday, Joe sat Katie down and told her she had to leave. And I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean she has to leave? We just talked about this. Katie's, Katie's going to stay here. And Joe said, there's nothing for her here, Susan. And I said, but I'm here. 
And he said, but you're not the mother anymore. She's the mother. So that's when, in two days, we got the money from my mom and dad, Katie's dad, and Joe and I, and sent all three of them on an airplane to go to Washington, and, and life changed forever for them. So what happened when you got to Washington? When I got to Washington, so backstory, my dad's a drug and alcohol counselor and has been for a very long time. He's, I want to say he's 42 or 43 years sober. And so when I got there with the kids, I was staying with them initially, and they said, he said, you have to work a 12-step program or you're on your own. And so I had two kids and three suitcases, and I said, I need all the help I can get. So I went to Narcotics Anonymous because, remember, I wasn't an alcoholic. I was just an addict. So then I went to Narcotics Anonymous and um, continued to drink. And one day he said, um, how, how much time do you have? And I, I went to say a certain amount of time. I want to say it was like three months or something. And what came so out was, was like, go ahead. So he was, ref, he was referencing how many days you had sober. Yes. When he so said, I, how much time do you have? Right. So I, okay. I, I meant to say one thing, and another thing came out. And I said, oh, my gosh, what just happened? I just, I was trying to lie, and I couldn't lie, and I had to tell that, like, the truth came out. And at that point, I said, well, what, what's the point of, of lying anymore? There's, there's, no, there's no point in it. So I told him the truth, and then that's when I got involved with Alcoholics Anonymous, and my journey to complete sobriety started. Wow. And when you decided to surrender, because that's what we have to do when we're dealing with addiction, when you, tried, when you finally decided to surrender, did you ever go back out again? or did you stay clean the whole time? I never went back again after that. Wow. And so I haven't and had a drink you... in I haven't had a drink in 19 years. Oh my goodness. What was your drug of choice when you were using? When I was using when I was about 15, it was meth. Okay. Um and I was consistently using for about a year. Okay. And then I turned over to, like, diet pills and um, because they'd give me the same effect, but I was able to sleep at night. So mm-hmm. um, that's what I did after that. And then when I got pregnant with my oldest daughter when I was 17, that's when I quit everything. So referencing back to your question, did I ever stop and start again? Yes, I did stop while I was pregnant with my children, but I picked up drinking after that. Okay. Um, And when your dad found out, what I can tell you about me is that I knew the boys had um, problems, but I I didn't want to believe that you did too. You know, you were my only daughter, and I remember when I found out that, you know, that you were struggling with it, I went, oh, please, God, really, all of my kids? Can it just be just two of them, and can't she be the one that escapes this dreadful disease? And the answer was no. You know, she's, she's going to struggle with it as well. So I was pretty frustrated and very sad. Um, did you feel judged by your dad 
when when you went north and asked for his help or when he offered your his help to you? Not at all. Wow. And I think it's because okay. he's a professional. Okay. So he was coming to you or working with you as an alcohol and drug counselor and not as a dad. Yes. Did it ever get mixed up? No. He okay. was able to separate it pretty well. Okay. So let me ask you this. When when things started to change and I began to hold you accountable to your choices, what was your reaction to my setting boundaries? Oh, I hated you. <laughs> and, yeah, well, I was pretty pissed off at you too. So, so you hated me because... Because I was learning to say no. Yeah. Okay. So when I started, okay. So when I started saying no, you were angry. Is there anything that you did or remember trying to do to try to get me to go back to the way I was before? Um, That's a tough question. I can't really recall. I did try to manipulate you often, um, and it worked. Most of the time. Yes. Um, yes. I think once you got together with Joe, it became harder to manipulate you because he was an outsider looking in. Um, yeah. And he would call us on our stuff, and it, then I hated him because, you know, I had my way with you and manipulating you to do what I needed you to do. And, um, yeah, so that that wasn't very fun for me. Yeah, no, nobody liked Joe coming in um, because everything started to shift in a healthier way. Even though I'd been going to 12-step programs, it was still hard for me to say no to you kids. So what prompted you – so so when you're talking about quitting, what prompted you to quit? Was it the fact that you got pregnant or it, it was because your dad sort of gave you an ultimatum? So what prompted me to quit? quit when I was pregnant was that I was pregnant. Okay. I didn't want to hurt my kids in any way. Um, uh-huh. So I didn't use it all during that time. Okay. Now, and there was a time that I was sent to my dad's before I had children that uh, I don't know what prompted you to send me, but you said, you need to go visit your dad for a week. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't take my drugs with me because he's a drug and alcohol counselor and he'll know. So I did drugs right before I got on the plane, and then I went up there for a week. And when I was there, I gained about 20 pounds. Oh, God. And then came home and started using again. Wow. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and recognize one of our supporters and, and partners. So please stand by, and we'll be right back. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National Security educate students from across the United States and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you to the support of the National University and to all of our partners and sponsors. And now back to our guest, Katie. So Katie, um, when, you, when you got pregnant with Jesse and I told you that you could stay with us 
for three months after the baby was born, but then you were going to have to move out with your husband or boyfriend at the time. You decided you were going to really show me, and you said what? I said, fine, I'll move across the street. (laughs) So I packed my stuff, and there I went. Across the street? Yeah. And you'd come out of the house across the street, and you'd wave and say, hi, Mom, and... I'd be like, hi, Katie. Um, and you were was, still pregnant, It was right? nice, though. Yes, I was pregnant was, when I moved. It was great to okay. have you there because when I would struggle or she would cry or I couldn't get her to calm down, then I'd just walk over to your house and you could help me. <laughs> okay. So at what point after you quit using drugs did you decide you wanted to go back to school and be a nurse? Um, I was together with my ex-boyfriend, Brian, and um, he has six months more sobriety than I do. And one day we were just sitting there and he said, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, well, that's a really interesting question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, "I I don't know. I said, uh, well, in elementary school, I wanted to be a nurse. And he said, so why don't you go do that? And I looked at him like he grew two heads, and I said, I'm a single mom of two kids in Washington living off of $10 an hour. How do you think that I would possibly do that? So he said, just start online and do um, online schooling for a while until you can, you know, get through that. And so... That journey started probably in 2005 or 2006, and I would take a class at a time online and, you know, until I finally got into the nursing program that started in 2009. Wow. And how long did it take for you to complete the education? So the nursing program itself was two years. I graduated in 2011, but I started my school journey in, like, 2000. I want to say it was 2005 I started and just slowly chipped away at all the classes I needed. And then um, four years later, I got into the program. So I was in school for about six years. What do you think your biggest challenge was in that time frame of your life? You were living away from me. You were near your dad and and your stepmom. Um, you had two kids. You were dating a guy who loved you and loved the kids. What do you think your biggest challenge was at that time? Uh, being afraid to fail. Okay. Tell like, me a little bit I more about that. If I couldn't get through this or I couldn't, um, I learned a lot about a higher power during that time because um, I was working my 12 steps. And so everything kind of fell into place when it needed to. Like I was afraid that, oh, I can't pay my rent because I'm going to school now. Well, then I got approved for Section 8 and my rent was $0. Um, So like all of these things happened simultaneously to make it so that I could succeed in the nursing program. So, um, but I was afraid like what it, what if I quit my job and I can't do this? And that was probably the scariest thing I ever did was quit my job of comfortable um, income to 
do a job that I wasn't wouldn't be guaranteed money um, all the time. I I didn't know how I was going to feed the kids. I didn't know how I was going to survive. And um, I finally stepped through my fear, quit my job, and everything else kind of worked its worked its way out. You know, it's interesting, as a coach these last five years, I hear stories all the time about how destiny comes to find us. You didn't go yeah. out searching for your destiny. You happened to be with, a, with a, a man that loved you and said, hey, what do you want to do? And you're like, I don't know. And then you're like, well, I don't know. As a kid, I, I, I liked the idea of being a nurse. And so he's like, okay, why don't you go do that? But it wasn't like you... You did all of this years of journaling or what am I going to be when I grow up? It just like came to you and then you began to do the steps to do it. And then it was like your higher power began to open doors to reinforce with you the fact that that's exactly where you needed to be. Oh, yeah. That's how, that's how how it all happened. So as a nurse today, I know that you're in a management position, and I know that you really helped your grandma and your grandpa, my mom and dad, when they moved up to Squim because you were a hospice nurse. You were a, well, actually, at the time, what kind of nurse were you when they moved up there? I was a resident care manager at a long-term care facility, so a nursing home. Okay. That's where I worked. Okay. And I was a manager okay. there, too. I wasn't as high up, but... So when you left to come down to California to help take care of Betty's stepmom, you gave up a, a very lucrative career and, again, just took a leap of faith. I think um, Sophia was just born. Wasn't, no, she was about eight she months old. She was eight months, months old. old. Yeah. Okay, and then you just, you just came. You packed your bags with your husband and your kids, and you came. And then yes. what was it like for you? Did you did you find that your higher power opened doors for you again when you were when you came back? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think of it as my higher power anymore. I knew that's what it was like really early on. Now I know it's a a power greater than myself, but I don't it's not consciously there. I just I see these things and I know that they just work out in my favor. One, I work hard for it, but two, you know, I just kind of know the avenues that I need to go now to make things happen. Um, so, yeah. All right. So I want, I want to talk a little bit about the moms to the moms. You know, I'm, I'm a mom and somehow I, I, I felt like it was my fault or, that I needed to do something to fix it, or I felt guilty when I said no. So so what would you say to moms who feel like it's their fault, or they're not being a good mother, or they need to keep helping their kids get out of jail when they're in their 20s or 30s, or what would you say to them as from an addict's point of view? Um, set more boundaries. Okay. So... Um, so well, when you're at when you were active, you manipulated. So you you knew that you were trying to get what you could, even though you also knew that that wasn't the best thing for you. Well, when you're so, an addict, you don't think it's not the best thing for you, though. You think about 
what you need to do to get your next fix, what you need to do to make yourself not feel the way that you're feeling right now. So you don't consciously think, oh, I'm going to manipulate her to get what I want. You just do what you have to do to be able to make you not feel sick or make you uh, not feel so desperate for drugs again. Okay. So when a mom starts to set her boundaries and it gets really rough and she feels like her child hates her and she slams the door and she says, I'm, I, I'm never going to love you again. I'm, you'll never see me again. How does a mother not believe that? Um, how, how, it's, that's hard, but you really just have to find the strength in yourself to know that it's not your child talking, it's the drugs talking. Your child mm-hmm. loves you to death. It's the drugs that, that hate you. It's, the, it's what it's doing to their mind and to their body. Your child will love you forever, um, no matter what you do. But when they're but, on drugs, they're not themselves. So when I, when, when I say to the moms, when you're saying no, you're not saying no to the child you love. You're saying no to the disease that is ravaging your child. Okay. So if I, if I were to continue to give you money and to bail you out and to help you, do you think you would be where you are today? No. Okay. So letting you figure it out while standing on the sidelines and saying my prayers and setting my boundaries and, and loving you from a distance, is that, did that help? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It made me be an adult. It made me have to figure it out. I mean, there's things that I haven't been able to teach my older girls, but they're starting to figure it out, too, for themselves. And so... Um, you know, I, I see it now full circle, and yeah. um, I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for you kind of letting me fly the nest. Did you think that I had stopped loving you when I did that? Did you think, oh, my gosh, my mom doesn't love me, and she's just going to let me fall down this rabbit hole? At first I did. Like when you um, when you guys put me on a plane with the girls to send me to my dad, Oh, I was so but it mad at Joe for doing that. Yeah, it wasn't until a couple of years later that I, I figured it out. Mm. And what is it like for you now as you watch your daughters struggle with whatever they're struggling with, food, alcohol, marijuana, whatever they choose to do to numb their pain? What is it like for you as the mother now to watch them? Um, I try not to go down that rabbit hole. Um, it's okay. hard to watch them. It's it's really hard to watch them struggle. Um, it's hard to watch them struggle financially. Um, but every time I turn around, they are able to figure it out and they're able to to come out of it. Um, so I don't know if they're addicts. I don't know if they're alcoholics. I don't, you know, I mean, they're their chances are very high of being them because of their dad and myself um, and right. the fact that it is genetic. But, um, you know, I just try to love them and support them and say, hey, I can't give you money, but I can help you clean your house or I can help you in a different kind of way. And so um, that's just kind of what I do. 
Yeah, one of the things that I've learned along the way is that I can't decide for anyone whether they're an alcoholic or addict. You know, they have to come to terms with that. All I get to decide is, am I uncomfortable with their using and their behavior? And if they, are, if I am, then I have to set my own personal boundaries. Yeah. You know, it's it's not about putting a label on you. It's about me protecting my heart and my bank account. Because I remember mm-hmm. when I, I took your younger brother in to see a counselor, and the counselor came back out and said, don't waste your money. He's not ready, and you will go bankrupt. So I'm here yeah. to advise you to let him fall. And I was like, how does a mother let her children fall? And I think we do that by allowing them to live out the consequences of their choices without abandoning them. You know, we, we throw you a lifeline if we can, um, but it, 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 we don't have to get caught up in your drama because we love you. Like I'm right. learning today that as I watched you struggle, I didn't, my heart didn't have to break all the time. I could keep myself intact, watch you find your way to recovery and still love you because otherwise I was going down the rabbit hole with you. Um, I have just a couple more questions. What would you say to someone who's struggling right now with using drugs? That there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to stay the course. And if you, if you want it bad enough, uh, then when you hit your bottom, you will, you'll get better, but you have to want it. Okay, so just in case our listeners may want to reach out to you after the show or have any questions, are you okay with them reaching out? Yeah. Okay, so how would you like the listeners to contact you? Um, They can send me an email. My email address is Kessler, K-E-S-S-L-E-R dot Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at gmail.com. Okay, and I just wanted to say that I am, I'm so proud of you, Katie. Um, you have done the work, and you are, you, you're courageous and brave and strong and loving and tough and feisty, and I've learned so much from you just watching you grow. And I've learned a lot about me having been the mother, you know, having been offered the opportunity to be your mom. Um, it's not it's not easy, you know, loving an addict. It's not easy loving an alcoholic. But I've learned how to redefine the concept of love by having you and your brothers. And the bottom line is throwing money at you never was going to work. But just loving you and setting boundaries for me offered you an opportunity to find your way out of your own brown paper bag. Yeah. So thank you. So thank you for being authentic and open and honest and and for being who you are today and for helping the people that you love. So yeah, I'd absolutely. like to give a special you're welcome. So I'd like to give a special thanks to all our listeners, both in the US and internationally, as we are an international show. After our show today you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscriptions in podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts iTunes, Spotify, Google, podcast, and iHeartRadio. Is there anything else that you want to share, Katie, before we end our interview? Like, no, just to tell everybody to. <laughs> I do have a great mom. <laughs> I, I, 
I enjoy our relationship today and, and how far we've come from uh, my younger years. And uh, to the mothers who are struggling with relationships with their children, they, they'll they come around eventually. Um, and, you know, if they don't, it's, it's not anything that you're lacking um, or anything that you could do differently to um, make them better. Mm. So just love them where they're at and try to stay out of the way. Because I know for me that God has a plan and that the universe is good and that everything happens for our good and not to us. You know, we don't have to be victims. Oftentimes mm-hmm. we feel victimized, but we're not really the victims. We're we're being taught something here. And if we will just embrace some of the lessons, it might be a little less of a struggle. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for listening and to all of our listeners out there. It is, um, it's a good day in the neighborhood. And if you are a mom or a dad of someone who you know, who struggles, just know that you're not alone and that we're all in this together and that you can reach out to Katie or you can reach out to me and we can take this journey together. So where are you off to, Katie? Back to Um, work? I'm headed back to work. Are you going to stop by the Dutch Brothers and get a coffee on the way? No, I don't drink that anymore. You don't? No. You're not you're not I a coffee addict anymore? Not anymore. Oh good for you. Good yeah. job, honey. All right. I love you. Thank you. Love you Give too. Give a hug for me. Okay. I will. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like focused business to business executive and professional women connect collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.